Swanjit, thank you so much for coming uh, to us today and talking to us about Coaster and uh, the journey that you've been on. Um, I want to get started with your background and sort of understand uh, uh, what sort of brought you uh, to this market. Um, so uh, introduce yourself. Tell us about like sort of your education and how you sort of came into the industry. Absolutely. Uh, thank you and um, appreciate the opportunity as well. So um, double, um, I'm a computer engineer by background. So uh, did my um, uh, uh, bachelor's in engineering from um, India back in Bangalore. Um, worked with Capgemini for three years uh, as a kind of computer engineer doing development work. Um, I had always an interest in really trying to understand how to um, problem solve for business using technology. Um, so, you know, even as a kind of um, developer uh, in my early days, I was very, very curious about uh, what, what is this code actually doing? What is this application actually doing? And I remember countless, uh, you know, long sessions with, with our business analysts and the team and people who uh, could give me that additional context. So um, anyway, I mean, uh, three years later, um, I decided to pursue my master's in the UK. So um, I did my uh, university with Strathclyde University in Glasgow, where I studied a kind of a management degree. So it was MSc in business and management, uh, kind of a one-year course. Um, and subsequently, um, I joined RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland, um, which is uh, kind of one of the larger banks out here. Um, and it was peak in the kind of um, financial crisis. So it was a very risky move. Um, but I mean, that's, that's really what, what I am. I mean, I, I like to take uh, calculated risks um, and jump at the opportunity. And, and I think that's uh, been kind of the primary um, driver behind me because I'm always looking for new challenges and how to drive myself. So yeah, I mean, uh, it turned out well. I again with RBS, I was uh, I joined their technology graduate program um, after, um, but I, very quickly within kind of six months of my time in that program, I uh, did a secondment with their strategy and architecture team, um, which was actually um, considered outside of the program. But you know, I made my kind of connections. I, I secured that role, and. Um, the team really liked my work and my kind of my approach and my thinking and what I brought to the table. I was the youngest uh, team member in basically the average um, uh, age in that team was 45 or 50. So very, very senior people, um, right. very much experienced in the bank. They knew in and out about RPS and technology and, and what they do. And it was really, really great uh, working with them for the kind of three months. And they actually offered me a full-time role. So I uh, dropped out of the technology graduate program. I became a full-time team member in the strategy and architecture team on the first. Um, and uh, that created the foundation of what I, uh, like my core skill set is. I'm an enterprise architect and uh, somebody who kind of understands business and technology and, and try to you know, align the two. Um, and so being with that team for about kind of two years, I, I was headhunted by PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, in a similar role, so as a management consultant, but in their enterprise architecture team, um, which again, so this was back in 2014 when I joined, 
in six months' time, the leader of that team left. Um, wow. And uh, there was a big vacuum, and uh, there was a restructuring in PwC, and basically the whole enterprise architecture team was sort of disbanded, and many people left and or otherwise were kind of consumed in different uh, parts of the company. Um, so for a period of two, three years, I was doing different roles. Um, and one of them was doing M&A, so worked quite a lot in mergers and acquisition with, their, with our deals team. Um, and I, I basically acted as a technology consultant and the architect who would be able to uh, understand synergies and between kind of new acquisitions or help with integration strategy or uh, even carve-out strategy. Um, that stint in M&A also helped me really understand how businesses work and, you know, what's the value creation. In fact, uh, one of the propositions that created back then was called rapid value creation, which is how do you use technology to enhance the value of your assets before you dispose it off? So um, very, very good opportunity. Um, one of the um, projects uh, back then, which I worked on, was also help, helping an insurance startup, as well as a corporate startup, um, scale up from kind of 100 to about 300 um, members um, and uh, a lot of it was about working um, with the insurance um, executives and C-suite in helping them. For, for me it was about helping them with their uh, technology operating strategy and uh, also they had acquired a, one of the insurance arms by global insurers so helping with the integration. So again that was a uh, very good experience of how to see a scale up, uh, you know, a startup going, going into scale up and setting up all the right processes and structure, etc. Right. Um, subsequently, um, I started to think about my own uh, kind of uh, interest, what I wanted to do. Um, and uh, by that time, um, I mentioned the enterprise architecture team, which was disbanded. Um, in my last two to three years in PwC, I actually helped set reset uh, that team. So I, I, before I left, I was actually I built that global network of enterprise architecture. In the UK, I was leading the team, uh, and um, I think it, it was about uh, about 25, 30 architects that would kind of report to me and manage them. And um, yeah, I left a very good legacy basically in, in PwC and. Finally, um, Coaster happened, um, and to go back to why I founded Coaster, because I think, again, I needed some, uh, probably in my life, I wanted a different challenge. Um, being a management consultant for kind of six, six and a half years was, um, I, I came to a point where I felt I was not necessarily learning more or developing myself more, or finding new challenges. So um, car rental um, was, very appealing to me because I'm quite a regular traveler. So, you know, for holidays, for work, you know, six days of my life, I've always been on uh, on the road. So I regularly rent and I found this pro problem about, you know, the frictions in, in the renting process of the end cus customer really um, disturbing, uh, but at the same time, quite a appealing challenge to try and solve. Um, and I, I think my resolve got even stronger when people told me it can't be solved. Um, so <laughs> I have to find a way. It can't be done. And um, I, I, again, being a technologist and a um, you know computer engineering background and doing technology strategy, I realized that 
there is a big opportunity because you know, most of the major in, uh, rental companies and even the smaller ones for that matter, um, they don't use technology for, you know, for their core operations as, as much as they should. So a lot of it is very heavily, heavily manual today. You know, lots of spreadsheet, Excel, uh, or if they do consume technology, it's you know, you know, very legacy technologies. Even the providers in this space have not innovated, truly innovated in um, you know, over a decade. So there was this opportunity actually thinking of a technology solution that can enable the, the sector really truly you know, helping them to operate better and thereby then provide a better customer experience to the end customer. Um, now, as I spent more and more time, and this was back in probably beginning of 2018, um, you know, we re I registered the company in 20 May 2018, so maybe five months before, um, I started looking at it at a, at a, a kind of in-depth. My focus initially was obviously very cons consumer-centric because I wanted to take away all the friction that I as a user face. Um, so that's how I came into this whole uh, problem solving. But um, as I started digging deeper into the sector, I realized that actually car rentals, and this is the kind of awareness and education piece really, like people who are not from this sector, they don't know um, that car rental actually means a lot of different things. And it's not just the you know holiday rental, the kind of short-term rental from one of the larger operators that we, um, really um, associate car rentals with. It's actually, there are numerous smaller independent operators in the market, um, you know, really um, trying to proliferate their services and provide uh, support to all sorts of businesses, first of all, you know, especially in, in COVID times, I think we saw a spike in commercial rentals where uh, van rentals are, have, you know, become a scarce commodity almost. Um, similarly, uh, you know, there are lots of other different types of rental models and that was the opportunity that presented itself to me, which is um, if we were able to help the existing players in the market innovate and disrupt themselves, there was the opportunity for us to bring them together because today most aggregators who um, we assume naturally that they are you know bringing and consolidating consolidating the market they aren't really they are only you know touching the surface so there is still like the 35 40% of the market that is not aggregated today or not consolidated and they are working just by themselves very very fragmented so that's the opportunity which we are really trying to tap into um you know by digitizing their operation but at the same time bringing them together into a single platform where uh, we can set the best practice. We can uh, have more control over the inventory. And if, if they choose to work with us, we can help them really grow and um, increase their uh, competitiveness in the market. And that's the ultimate goal for us, you know, twofold. One, disrupt um, with, it, with technology and then create more competition in the market. Those are the two main pillars of the coaster strategy. Fantastic. You, you sort of laid out your story really well. Uh, I want to sort of uh, go back and sort of pick a pick couple of uh, uh, specific things. So when you started uh, this uh, this idea, you started working on it. You were still with PwC, right? I was, yeah, um, okay. almost for two years, yeah. 
Okay, fantastic. So uh, that first six months, you know, uh, that that must not have been easy working a full time job as well as uh, working on this idea. So tell me a little bit about that. And how did you sort of pick that first uh, beachhead uh, where, where you wanted to go into the market and uh, sort of the concept behind the MVP? Yeah, I mean, um, so I mean, this is my fun, fundamental belief, and I think it's one of my core um, inbuilt strength as well, which is uh, forming good teams. Like, you know, on my, I mean, I have a history of delivering really successful projects in PwC, and also, you know, I mentioned the formation of the enterprise architecture team before I left, um, and also global community. So I'm quite adept when it comes to inspiring people and bring them together to, you know, to deliver a common goal. So that was, I think the first step in the process because I knew, always knew I couldn't do it alone. I needed the right team. Yep. And, and that's where, you know, uh, initially on, I think we saw, I saw a bit of churn, you know, I'd speak to a few people, they'd show interest, then drop out, etc. So, so that kind of carried on for the first six months. So uh, I was taking the lead quite a lot. But then, you know, towards the late end of 2018, uh, that's when kind of Rishab and Lee um, started to kind of get more involved. I think with the three of us, we had the right combination because, you know, you know the whole kind of combination about uh, the the visionary, the hustler, and the uh, kind of the, the 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 geek, right? So right. we had all kind of um, had that uh, combination within the three of us. Um, so one of the first things we did uh, together was um, we went and found customers. I mean, even before we built a single line of code or you know designed anything then the first thing we wanted to see is what's the demand in the market so we went and actually spoke with you know five um, customers who are early adopters as we call it call them and um, you know some of them are still our, our actual customers now and we said look guys just tell us what are your what are your pain points what do you struggle with and we had extensive ux user experience based interviews with them really try to understand the pain points beyond technology. And that's still the ethos for us. Like when we go on to customer meetings, we act almost like they shrink, you know, tell us what are your problems are. <laughs> um, and, and, and they like it because, you know, they're, if they are using an incumbent solution, most of them even don't even talk to them today. Whereas right. we are always keen to really learn about their business. So that really worked well for us. We understood what their uh, main pain points were. We understood their processes. And we use that as a way to then go and design like a early prototype. I mean, uh, not code here at all. These are more UX designs and UX prototype that we built. And we then tested that with uh, the customers to say, actually, is this in the right direction? Essentially PowerPoint slides and walking them through, this is how it will work. <laughs> Uh, not PowerPoint, but we use tools. So like I'm, I'm quite a geek in that way. I always like using new tools. So we used, um, uh, initially it was proto.io, but then we okay. switched to Engine. Um, right. So prototyping tool effectively. Yep, yep. Um, and, and that's when also we had another person join in, Aninda, who is also one of the kind of uh, earlier team members. So he has a design experience, UX-based UX experience. So he, you know, we used to go and talk to customers and get all the requirements and we'd come to him and then talk about it and he would design. Um, in the meantime, Rishabh started to think about the architecture, the technology behind it, how it would go. Um, and then, um, I uh, so uh, going back to how it all started, or, or when how we started to code it, uh, or bootstrap. 
Um, we have a couple of universities in, in, Edinburgh, in Edinburgh, one of them is Napier University. So I engaged with them and we got a couple of um, engineering students um, to come and work with us um, as part of their master's course. And with these kind of two or three guys that we had, uh, we started to actually have an early MVP built uh, with them. So again, bootstrapping, um, no money spent uh, at all till then. And we carried on with that kind of whole process until almost, um, uh, I think it was August 2019. So, okay. you know, almost a year and few months since incorporation. So we bootstrapped. Um, and by August, we had a very good idea about, you know, what the solution is going to look like, what, we need, what do we need to build, what type of resources we need, what type of, you know, budget we need, and also some early, obviously, customers who are interested in the product. So we raised a bit of money then. So again, you know, I used my network, spoke to a few people. Uh, uh, I think the first um, raise was about 65K or 62K, if I remember correctly. Uh, in all in pounds uh, from two people and that was it I mean you know that got us started um, I got a couple of these students who um, were already working with us full-time with us and uh, and then we raised a bit more so over the next six months uh, I, I raised bit by bit um, we we're only raising as we need you could say almost right um, but the important thing to maintain in that uh, phase was um, I never let the valuation slip. Um, we were always moving forward. Um, so uh, that that was an important uh, thing from a shareholder perspective because I wanted to make sure that people were seeing progress and you know, uh, not, not going back. Um, so, yeah, eventually um, we raised uh, sufficient money to have an MVP uh, or early beta product in place. Uh, and this was back in... March when we finally, you know, came out with a very early beta version with kind of three or two or three early adopters. And that's when COVID hit and we were in right. lockdown. Um, we were like, we, uh, you know, really um, scratching our heads and on what to do because, you know, car rentals, uh, travel, you can you, you join the dots there. <laughs> um, but I, mean, I think, as a team, again, we took that challenge and, and you know, we, we already had kind of our governance and board and all those uh, structures established by them. So we, we had a functioning board. We had non-execs, um, two non-execs who kind of were advising us. Um, and we had a few investors already by then. So we collectively dis kind of you know, brainstormed on what do we need to do. And we realized that um, although, you know, it could seem like an impact, uh, but it was actually a good opportunity for us because uh, car rentals being you know, manual and their overheads being very high, they would need to invest in digitization to actually survive and um, you know, uh, operate better, reduce their cost in the, in the long term and be, be competitive. So with, with that kind of agenda, what we did was um, we offered a free trial um, to, to our customers for the next three months. And we saw a huge uptake, like, you know, from uh, about 150, 200 vehicles, we had suddenly, you know, 1,500 vehicles on trial. Wow. Um, lots of customers. And that was really good because that's what we really need, uh, needed at that point of time because, you know, we were an MVP product. We, we needed the feedback. We needed right. the adoption, you know, 
Uh, that was going to be a, our way of product market fit, not revenue necessarily. <clears throat> and we took that opportunity for the next six months. We, you know, worked with these trial customers. Some of them stayed, some of them, you know, went away. Um, and yep. in August, we had the kind of next version of the product, which um, we, we, we call it kind of ready for the tier three segment. So the tier three segment is a smaller operator less than 250. And mm -hmm. even within that, we had kind of um, quite specifically, we built for the PC or rental businesses. So th those were the kind of early customers who started to use it. Uh, we had about um, three customers who signed up at that point of time and they started paying um, for the software. Um, lockdown was continuing, uh, you know, all of that uh, whole situation was prolonging. We, we, we saw it, that as a fair bit of challenge, but I think, again, I think one of the best things we have been able to do within that period was constantly innovate. Um, and it did not, we did not let ourselves down by focusing more on the revenue and the sales. We built a very strong pipeline uh, and people who uh, were ready to invest in their business, maybe at the right time, not immediately. Um, and they were also prepared to, you know, give us time, feedback, use the product. So we carried on with that approach. Yeah, and we also started engaging with some larger operators in this time. So, you know, we were trying to make, jump across to the next phase of product development effectively from smaller to mid-sized. Right. So all of that happened between August to December last year. And uh, where we are today is, you know, we have a significant number of smaller operators. I mean, again, I'm talking startup size here. So we have about, you know, roughly between trial and paying customer 30, 30 odd smaller operators. Um, and then we have one large operator who has also kind of signed up, uh, you know, with kind of 2,100 vehicles. Um, so um, that's kind of the journey that we have been in. So, um, so ballpark, just to understand where the business is today, how many vehicles, uh, again, ballpark, it doesn't have to be an exact number. And what markets are you in? Uh, highlight that for us. Uh, so ballpark figures, we are we have about five thousand vehicles within kind okay. of the, uh, you know, uh, on trial and and paying customer, including the larger operator, um, and they they're all looking to kind of convert in the next few months. So if if the current pipeline, the qualified customers all convert, then we have roughly about uh, seven hundred seven fifty thousand pounds worth of annual contract value, okay. um, and. Um, the other thing which we have been able to build is so um, again from a product and onboarding perspective we are trying to make it as much self onboarding automated as possible because we want to just go use our digital marketing and seo to you know capture these smaller operators and uh, create the funnel and just drive that drive them through that funnel um, so we have been able to really optimize that whole sales process today uh, where you know the cycle used to be maybe one to two months before now it's shorten up to almost seven days in some cases. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, for a software-only product, you know, last two customers just came in in seven days' time. Um, wow. So okay. um, it is definitely achievable. Uh, uh, we'll, and that's kind of the goal and focus for the next kind of uh, few months to really sharpen that um, process for the, for the smaller operators so we can take all the low-hanging fruit um, and wow. capture that market very, very quickly. And and, and the other question, the second part of that question was sort of what markets you're in. You're, you're obviously based out of UK. 
so I'm guessing that's the majority of your market, but just highlight uh, what areas you're geographically, what areas you're focusing on. Uh, absolutely. So, I mean, at the moment, our majority consumer base is UK, um, 70% and 30% uh, are non-UK customers. Um, purely uh, those 30% are people who have uh, come through self-origination or reached out to us, uh, you know, liked our brand, liked our product, looked up, uh, uh, looked us up on, on the internet. So we have not um, prioritized a sales effort to non-UK customers purely because from a product standpoint and the um, you know, product development roadmap, we have been focused, we, we, we are deadly focused on uh, one market, and three segments. Um, that's our goal for the next 12 months because that's going to give us the product that can allow us to scale. Um, right. You know, there are sufficient requirements, sufficient number of clients, um, lots of um, good discussion. So we, we have been focusing intentionally on that. Our, our goals are to expand into kind of um, rest of Europe and US towards later part of this year. But I think we, we want to build a foundational you know, functionalities using the UK uh, customers as our focal point. Awesome. Um, so now let's talk about the actual product uh, that you're offering. Uh, and I think that that'll be very useful for people to sort of put the story in, uh, in context. Um, what, what does Coaster actually offer? What's the value add? Absolutely. So um, I'll, I'll go back to kind of the principle of, of, uh, of, the, of the software. So we are a B2B2C platform, um, or at least kind of the, that's a business model. Um, we are in the B2B phase where we have a software as a service platform for car rental operators. And um, effectively, it's a digital platform that replaces all legacy software solutions or any spreadsheets or you know, paper-based processes that they might have in the past. Um, effectively, uh, to give you a bit of background, where car rentals do use software today, uh, they would have uh, two or three different types of softwares, one for booking management, one for fleet management, and maybe another one for fleet tracking and uh, tracking services. And they would all kind of uh, pay for three separately. Um, none of them would be integrated to each other, so uh, very little value. Um, what we have done, again, you know, as we designed it from scratch, we brought all of those requirements together and uh, created the processes in a way that they are much more data-driven and more, much more automated, and also utilize the IoT or connected cast technology for uh, better intelligence or better automation. Uh, one of the um, key value we, we provide is uh, efficiency, um, you know, efficiency gain. We, we project uh, at least, you know, three times more, more efficient platform. Uh, one of our customers actually did a uh, very good test on the booking um, process uh, between us and a competitor in the UK. And uh, effectively, um, they gave us a, a, a metric where it took them 4.5 minutes in the competitor software, uh, which is a legacy product, and 1.5 minutes in the coaster platform. Uh, so oh. it's a three times faster, um, not just in terms of speed of processing here, it's more about the, how we have solved the UX problem and made the process really sleek. And that's kind of the feedback we get from customer about our product, which is it's very easy to use, um, very intuitive, designed with car rental operations in mind, not something which has been customized um, right. uh, and, and 
So that's the software as a service product. Uh, it comes with, as I said, with telematics, so you know, IoT connected cars, which is offered through uh, one of our um, partners, Calum, who are a US-based company. Um, and also, um, I think the other things we are trying to build are things like insurance partnerships and OEM partnerships, um, which is again, a huge value add because outside of the efficiency challenge that um, car rentals face today, uh, there are two big um, issues for an independent operator. One is the cost of insurance, um, because the access to good quality insurance is pretty much non-existent in this market. Uh, and uh, especially the smaller operator face a huge issue because they go to specialist brokers and pay you know, five times of what they should be paying. So that's a huge cost base that we can really help with the data from our platform. Uh, and secondly, uh, kind of how to acquire cars at a, at a speed and, um, and, and at a reasonable cost. Um, again, if you're small in size, you don't have the buying power or the capacity and, and right. also sometimes um, do not have access to the financial, financial deals as well. So that's another angle which we are trying to work on is, is the uh, fleet acquisition, OEM integrations. Um, let, uh, let, let's talk about the insurance part one more uh, for one more minute because I think that's really important. You have all of the user data, so the user might be going to different car rentals uh, shops and might be renting, you know, several times a year if they're business travelers, probably more often. So you're collecting that data. You have the IoT with the connected cars, that data coming in. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about the actual underwriting process for that insurance, because I think that that's the real missing piece that you're 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 solving for, right? Um, absolutely. I mean, um, so today, for example, I mean, most major uh, insurance companies um, in UK and Europe, um, US has a slight different nuance, but I'm talking more UK Europe. Mm -hmm. um, they don't insure car rentals at all, um, so you know they have stayed away because. Uh, historically, they have not been able to collect any usage data or operational data. Uh, you know, all of that sits in three different systems or in spreadsheets, right. so you can imagine. So they've always relied on historical claims data. And as you may quickly understand, car rentals, if you know, there are five people using the same vehicle, what's the propensity of having a claim? So again, you know, relying on just one data set uh, and also the lack of risk management practices has meant that um, car rental operators were not insurable. Right. How we are changing that is um, obviously the access to the data, which is hugely, hugely relevant to the insurance underwriting process because now they can assess risk much better. But also mm -hmm. the risk management tools or practices we have brought in. Um, uh, to name a few, um, you know, uh, all of our uh, operators actually see the driving data. So, now they can actually start qualifying the drivers. And um, I'll give you an example. One of our customers here in the UK, um, it's now three times that uh, we have held the police um, prevent their vehicles from getting stolen. Uh, they're a PCO wow. rental business. Uh, they pro pro provide the vehicle to Uber drivers to drive in London. And it's like the third incident that has happened. Now, we are in talking to them about um, and they have access to the kind of driving data. And you can assume now that, uh, or understand that they can have a better understanding of who their customers are and how, do, how, do, how are they using the vehicles, et cetera, and start to weed out that bad customer. And automatically, 
because we have been able to stop those three thefts from happening, their insurance price has stayed same. If those three had been stolen, I think their business would have gone bust, first of all. Wow, okay. If you are not able to insure your cars, then you can't right. drive them. So, you know, three claims, uh, three stolen vehicles in a year, and you're, you're gone. So that's right. kind of the real advanced risk management tools we have in place if the customer or the operator chooses to use those. And, and that starts to create more confidence in insurance companies to say, okay, I can actually insure this vehicle or this operator, sorry, because they are using the Coaster platform and the Coaster technology. So that's one from a risk management perspective. Uh, we, we introduced a biometric verification process as well. Again, that's another step in the direction of understanding customers and, uh, and, and reducing fraud, et cetera. Uh, the third element on the insurance is the claims data. Now, that's where the telematics information and uh, the damage tracking information, reporting information in a system becomes very relevant because uh, we can recreate an incident through all that data. And wow, okay. we, can, uh, we can very accurately or uh, to kind of 90%, uh, 95% accuracy, we can recreate what has happened in an accident situation. Um, so that is our ability to, to really expedite claims processing. So you know, if, if the cost of claim for a insurance um, policy is X amount, um, and typically with the, insur with the current insurance, it takes a, you know, days to weeks, sometimes months, mm -hmm. um, we can be in a position where we can, at least to, to a degree, uh, for the smaller claims, maybe less than 500 pounds or less than 1,000 pounds claim, we can um, automate the hell out of that process and uh, really uh, bring down the cost of claims by you know, 30%, 40%. That then translates back into a cost saving to the customer who is taking out the policy. So that's our way of um, creating a better um, quality insurance process and a better quality insurance product for the car rentals, which today does not exist. Fantastic, fantastic. So I, I understand your product, you know, you're essentially taking the customer through the entire journey of renting a car. You, and on the back end, you know, for the operators, you're sort of streamlining that process as well. So they have fewer resources that they need to uh, sort of throw at, the, uh, at their business. Um, Tell me about sort of what the next 12 months looks like. What, what, are, you, what are you hoping to achieve uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, business that you have today, absolutely. So I mean, we we are in a very exciting stage because um, I mean, unlike a lot of startup, this is not really startup money. It's it's almost working capital for us to go and execute on a scale up strategy. Um, because if you think about it, we have the team in place. We are a twenty five member team with all the management team in place, uh, all the right structures and the right governance in place. Um, and we have a, our engineering team is out of Bangalore, so scaling up that team is uh, relatively cost-effective as well. So we have the team in place. We have the product in place. Uh, you know, it's, it's really, as I said, right now the sales cycle is, what, seven days to 14 days at the most with smaller operators. And now with the larger operator, uh, we are focused on building the features for, for them as well. So... The last thing is the sales pipeline. And I've kind of uh, mentioned, you know, we have already a active, qualified um, 
in discussion pipeline of about uh, 750,000 pounds. But also behind that, there are 4,000 leads in the CRM that we have generated. Right? So this is basically now we need the cash or the capital to go and execute um, right. and bring in the customer, set up the foundations for um, scaling up, um, you know, and, and really then start to expand into new, new territories um, and new markets. After that. Okay. Well, on the technology front, um, it seems like you already have a pretty robust uh, platform built out. Um, what's, uh, are you, is there uh, the next step on that technology? Um, I mean, there is. I, I think, uh, you know, being a technology uh, company and a technologist uh, CEO, uh, I would hate if we stop innovating. Um, I think our, our roadmap, I mean, clearly there's lots to do in the, in the SaaS platform itself in the next 12 months. Um, uh, it, we, we have quite a good foundational product which, uh, you know, can compete with our competitors, you know, uh, truly, but there are lots of uh, advancements, uh, things like how do we better use AI? Uh, already there are some use cases where, you know, we're using in kind of the driver scoring and driving analysis. But there are uh, areas like the using, using AI to automate the pricing uh, by looking at market conditions and competitor pricing. Uh, using AI to automate the scheduling process. I mean, that's something which I am really excited about. Um, and, and, and then obviously the B2C app, which will also come um, plus the development of the on-demand on insurance. So there's loads, I think, we'll be very busy in the next, for the next uh, you know, three, four years building these innovations uh, from a product side. Um, that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, so. I, I think I sort of understand the short-term vision. What's the long-term vision? You know, over the next uh, three to five years, uh, where do you hope to take Coaster and uh, the business as a whole? I mean, um, if, you, if you think about it, uh, what we are building here, right? I go back to the um, connected ecosystem um, principle or approach that we are, we are trying to build here. So we are almost creating or facilitating uh, an ecosystem um, that will work together to deliver a mobility service. So in, in a lot of sense, uh, you know, we'll have the fleet owner or the fleet operator um, who uses a platform. We'll obviously, uh, as we do more of the B2C, but also in the B2B, we'll have the customer using our platform. We'll have the insurance companies using the platform. We'll have OEMs uh, potentially using our uh, platforms as well. We'll have finance and leasing companies uh, using, the, using the platform to provide finance. We'll have uh, garage maintenance repairs, repairs using the platform to uh, provide their services to the current operators. So you can start to see what the potential for this um, ecosystem um, environment we are creating because we are bringing all of those services together. That's what I think the vision for Coaster is become a connected ecosystem mobility provider. And then the second aspect to that is the supply chain itself that we are creating. I mean, the platform is very flexibly built to accommodate any type of rental operator. You know, people who do car sharing by the hour, they can come and use the platform or people who do long-term rental on the other side of the vertical. 
you know, who rent out almost, you know, for years, uh, one to two years or three years, bordering on leasing. And that's the diversity of the supply chain, which means when we do launch the consumer app, it's going to be very unique in that respect because today uh, as an end consumer, for example, if you have to rent by the day, you have to you go to one provider, one type of provider, maybe enterprise, AVS or hers. If you have to rent by the hour, you go to a car sharing platform like, I don't know, um, you know, uh, Zipcar in, in, in the UK. Right. If you need a long-term solution, you go to a more commercial rental operator. With Coaster, yep. you just have to come to one. So you can think about the power of the mobility platform that we are enabling, because with that diversity, we can start to provide that same level of service to the end customer. Um, and that's kind of the approach we are taking, which is first um, step of the B2C um, app would be actually um, to provide the service of the mobility platform to corporates, so business travelers, as an alternative to vehicle ownership. Um, so, you know, you need a car today for, let's say, the next uh, few weeks. Um, you come to Coaster, um, you know, and it's a service which is subsidized by your employer. Um, so instead of going for a leasing solution, you can come to Coaster and you know, rent out for a duration that suits you. Similarly, if you want to uh, take up a car for six months or a year, come to right. Coaster. So that's the kind of flexibility we'll, we'll be able to offer once we have the kind of supply chain created. And that's what we want to translate back to the consumer so that we can provide a variety of mobility solution to a variety of customers and from got a single it, company. Got it. So that, that's a really large uh, vision for the long term. <clears throat> so for the investors who might be watching, you know, uh, how does the story end? Uh, you know, IPO five years from now and, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you walk away the next uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, paint me that picture. <clears throat> I mean, you know, uh, some of it is, um, I, I go back to my own kind of foundational elements, right? I, I'm a problem solver. So as long as the problem excites me, you know, I am in this journey. Um, and I think it's a very interesting problem to solve. So I definitely see, uh, you know, the next five years where we want to take this to the coaster to become a unicorn, um, you know, landing the, these kind of multi-facets of the business. Um, we are already, you know, well way into the SaaS, the B2B side. Um, the insurance is picking up very, very rapidly. We have about four or five insurance uh, meetings with the insurance companies set up in over March. So as soon as we have one or two partners that will plow through. Um, the B2C business will be uh, the one which then becomes the focus from let's say 2022 onwards. And that typically is the hardest one. Any consumer mm -hmm. um, centric business becomes the hardest one. But the good part about that uh, model is we have de-risked quite a lot of the revenues because the SaaS is a very sustainable revenue stream and we are building the B2C on the top of that. So right. um, I definitely see uh, multiple exit opportunities for us and that's how we are structuring the business as well as again confidentially, um, which is uh, we have Newven Limited, which is the kind of parent company uh, which owns Coaster and then we have kind of the Indian entity, which is Newven India Limited. So Coaster becomes the brand and the portfolio company for the 
car rental business, insurance will be under a different portfolio company, blah, blah, blah. Um, right. So right, right. you can say, see a sense of how we can start to almost think about and plan our exits as well, because you know, the insurance could be a, a, a good sell off to an insurance company. The car rental business could be a useful, uh, you know, sell off or spin off to, uh, let's say one of the big, um, and uh, the SaaS could be a big sell, uh, you know, sell off to one of the larger enterprise or you know larger uh, car rental businesses if they want to take uh, take that up, uh, or the B two C could be something that may be interesting to likes of, likes of uh, large um, travel networks like Book, uh, Booking dot com, Priceline Group, etc. Okay. So we we are presented with them numerous kind of um, exit opportunities in the future. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> okay. So uh, th this is really interesting and I sort of understand your broader vision. Is there anything that I haven't asked you? Is there anything I left off that we should cover in this uh, interview? Um, I mean, um, I think uh, just probably mention, and I'm, I'm sure you're already kind of promoting the, the videos and the kind of brand recognition we have uh, already achieved. And I think it, we did this uh, in a very short span of time. So. Uh, last year, for example, MarketWatch um, did an independent uh, report um, on car rental platforms. And uh, I was actually quite surprised to land upon that report. And it quoted us as one of the top 10 um, players in the market, you know, with the likes of Turo, Expedia, and others. So clearly, I mean, they were picking up the vision and the kind of uh, good feedback in the market. Uh, it goes with Newven uh, because we are still called Newven. So if you have to look up that report, you have to probably look up market watch and Newven. Um, more recently, uh, we, we were featured in CBS News as part of the Global Thought Leaders um, program. Again, you know, a good testament to, uh, we are a UK company being featured in all across the pond in, in US. <laughs> so I think the, the message is landing very clearly that this is a sector badly needs disruption. And here's a company who's thinking innovatively on their feet, trying to really help both the operators and the end consumers. That's kind of the, what I would probably like to add. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, and all of your uh, press and uh, the PR that you have received uh, when you've been in the news, we'll link all of those things as well. So if people are curious, they can certainly just log in, see your profile and, uh, and watch all of those videos directly. Um, thank you so much for coming on today and doing this interview for us. I really enjoyed learning your story and getting to know Coaster. Um, and uh, yeah, we, uh, we, you know, I hope to stay in touch with you, uh, stay connected and uh, follow your progress in the future. Thank you, Level. I appreciate it. And really had a good chat with you. So thank you. For thank you so much. All right, bye. Yeah. Bye.